grab your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Revelation. Revelation. I figured since we have uh, just come out of Daniel, we, we, I'm not going to go verse by verse like we did Daniel because I've already done that a couple years ago. Uh, and, and we may dig a little deeper than just a skim surface of it. But what I'm thinking about doing is do a chronological order of events through revelation. In other words, what's next to happen on God's calendar? And we'll ta- we'll deal with that tonight. And then what happens after that? And then what happens after that? Then what happens after that? If that makes sense, say amen. amen. Now, uh, tonight's subject, the rapture is it's, it's a little controversial. I didn't realize it was controversial till I grew up and, and started hearing uh, different people's opinions of, of what that is. And, uh, so I have to do in some situations in the Bible, you have to, you have to teach and, and preach, uh, what your conviction is, what you believe it is teaching. Now it may not be totally what you believe and that's fine. I don't need your email. <clears throat> Does everybody understand that? If you don't believe it that way, this is what you need to do. Start you a church and then preach it the way you want to and, and do it that way. We're not, we're not here to debate anything. We're here. This is what I, I believe with all of my heart. The Bible teaches on this particular subject. And, uh, and so I'm going to tell you why tonight. Uh, I've, I've learned a long time ago. Don't argue with anybody. Don't argue with anybody. Uh, uh, I, I heard a wise man say one time, if you see two men arguing, neither one of them know what they're talking about. Because if just one knows what he's talking about, he won't even argue. A mind changed against his will is of the same opinion still. Amen. So I believe in the pre-trib rapture. I believe that the the church is going to be raptured out before the tribulation period takes place. And, uh, and I'm going to give you some reasons why we believe that tonight and, and try to get as much detail about the rapture as we can. And so revelation chapter number four in verse number one, if you found your spot, say amen. Uh, Boy, that was weak. Great day. Some of y'all want to send an email already. Ain't even said nothing. All right. If you're ready, say amen. amen. There we go. There we go. Revelation 4.1. After this, I looked and behold, a door was opened in heaven. And the first voice which I heard was as it were of a trumpet talking with me, which said, come up hither. Say that with me. <clears throat> come up hither and I will show thee things which must be hereafter. And immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne was set in heaven and one sat on the throne. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the privilege and the honor it is to just to be in your house, be around your people. And Lord, I pray as we go through this topic, as we go through this subject, uh, uh, Lord, I pray that you'll clear it in the minds of your people. Uh, Lord, as we study your word, open it up to our hearts, open it up to our minds. I pray that your perfect will be done tonight. Thank you for allowing those to be here. And God, I pray that your perfect will be done. In Jesus name we pray. Amen. Amen. There's a few things I want to, I want to say about uh, the rapture uh, before we get started. And uh, in, in I believe, well, there's some people there are some people that doesn't even believe it's going to be an event, doesn't even believe that there is a such thing 
as the rapture. Okay. So there are, there are the people that say no rapture at all. Then there are people that say, well, there's a rapture, but it's at the mid part of the tribulation. Or then there's some that say there's a rapture, but they believe it's at the end of the tribulation. And so, uh, first of all, I want to show you that it is an event. It is an event. So if we're, we're dealing with people who don't even believe in a rapture at all, then you gotta, you gotta explain first Thessalonians. Then you've got to explain John chapter 14. John chapter 14 says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me, in my father's house, in my father's house, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself so that where I am, where was he at? The father's house. So where I am there, ye may be also. First Thessalonians four sixteen. for the Lord himself shall descend, shall descend from heaven, heaven shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall rise first. And we, which are alive and remain shall be caught up, caught up. That's the Greek harpozo, harpozo, meaning to snatch, to snatch, to catch up and to meet the Lord in the in the air, in the air. Now that's an event. That's an event. That is a rapture. That is a, a whether you believe it's going to be the beginning, the middle or the end. It's something. It's a real event that takes place. So without a doubt, we, there, there's enough scripture there speaking about it's an event. Now I believe it's going to be pre-trib. Meaning it's going to happen before the tribulation begins. I don't believe the church is going to go through any of the tribulation period. All right. And let me give you a couple of reasons why I believe that in John chapter, or excuse me, uh, revelation chapter number one, you find, you find basically the introduction to the revelation, right? You, the, the whole chapter one is really an introduction about what it is. It tells you what the purpose of it is in verse number one. Then it tells you the, basically the outline of the revelation, the book of revelation in verse number 19. He says, write the things which thou hast seen. That's chapter one. The things which are, which are means present. That's the church age. That's chapters two and three. Chapters two and three are the letters to the seven churches. Are y'all with me? Y'all following me? If you're not, it's right there in the top of your notes. I'm just going through my head. Okay. Uh, uh, we have the letters to the seven churches. Now, what are those letters? It's God giving you a panoramic view of the church age from the very beginning, the apostolic church, all the way to the Laodicean church. Each one of those letters describes those different churches. But if you will look at it in secular history, in the, in the history of the church, it lays out the church age perfectly from the apostolic age of Ephesus in the first one to the Laodicean uh, lukewarm age of the last church age. Are y'all with me? That's at the end of chapter three. Well, from, and this is why I'm telling you, I believe that the, the church is not going through the tribulation period. You do not find the church again till chapter 19 when it's returning with Christ in the air. There is no mention of the church. 
There's no talk to the church. There's no anything. The church is, you hear, you see him speaking to the Gentiles. You see him speaking to the Jews. Uh, uh, Listen, but none, none to the church. Okay. That's one reason. That's one. The second reason there is, there is an absence of instruction or warning to the church about the tribulation. Nowhere does, does he instruct you what we're supposed to do. He doesn't tell us we need to build bomb shelters. He didn't say we need to be gathering food together. There is absolutely zero instruction or warning to the church about the tribulation. Well, what does he tell the church? The blessed hope. He tells us to look for Christ. So we're looking for Christ. We're looking for the blessed hope, right? All right. Now, not only that, but number three, if we go through the tribulation, if we go through the tribulation, then what is the point of the rapture? If we go through all seven years of tribulation, what is the point of the rapture to go up, to come right back down? What's the point? Does this make sense? At the end of the tribulation period is revelation 19. When Jesus comes battle of Armageddon. So if, if, if the, the, the rapture doesn't take place to the end, we're just going to go up, meet the Lord, come back down. What's the point? There is none because I don't believe it's going to happen. Here's one of the most important ones. Here's, here's probably the most significant one. If that takes place, if the rapture takes place at the end of the tribulation, then who is going to populate the earth during the millennial reign? Okay, because so, this is what's going to happen. I'm kind of getting ahead of myself a little bit, but when we, when we are raptured, when the, that takes place at the resurrection, okay, at the resurrection, our bodies are going to be changed. I show thee a mystery. We should not all sleep, meaning die. We should not all sleep, but we all will be changed. In other words, we're going to have a glorified body that we're going to have forever and ever and ever. If at the end of the tribulation, at the end of the tribulation, all the saved, all those who are believers in God are changed. All right. Are changed and have their glorified body. You see, they are not married or given in marriage, but we'll be like the angels in heaven. We'll have glorified bodies. He's going to destroy all the sinners. Right. You remember when he separates the sheep and the goats, he's going to destroy all the sinners. So there will be nobody left there to populate the earth during the millennial reign. If, if the rapture takes place at the end, but I got news for you. It doesn't. The rapture takes place at the beginning. And then those who believe in Christ and make it through the tribulation period and survive they're going to go into the, the, the millennial reign of Christ in their mortal bodies to repopulate the earth. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Now, now, with that being said, let's, let's, let's start with point number one. <clears throat> let's look at some examples of the rapture in the Old Testament. Let's look at some examples of the rapture in the Old Testament. First, we see Enoch. Enoch was a great example Genesis 5, 24 says, and Enoch walked with God and he was not for God took him one day. He was a very godly man, very righteous man. 
They were walking along, having fellowship. God said, it's closer to my house than yours. Come on. Hebrews 11 speaks of this event. Hebrews 11 speaks of this event, verse five. By faith, Enoch was translated. I looked that word up. Translated means to transfer or transport. To transport. He was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. He transported him onto heaven. God took him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Another one is Elijah. Elijah, 2 Kings 2.11. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into, into heaven. He was caught up. He was caught up. These are Old Testament examples of a rapture. All right. Now, some, some Bible scholars will tell you Isaiah in Isaiah chapter number six. You remember it says in the, in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord high and lifted up in his train filled the temple. They believed that he was actually raptured up into heaven and saw the glory of God, saw heaven and all that. Now you could argue, you could argue that that was a spiritual vision. It was a spiritual deal. So I'm not going to, I didn't put that in here, but it's a possibility, right? All right, now look at the New Testament. Look at the rapture in the New Testament. <clears throat> First of all, write this down. We see it explained. We see it explained or taught. If you want to use that word taught, either way, explained. John 14, we just quoted it. I, I gave you guys, Brother Chris Barnes, I, I gave you all the verses so we can put it up here. I run out of space, so I just gave you all where to find it, and we'll just read it off of here. Okay, is that cool with you all? Watch this, John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house, where's the father's house? Heaven, are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go, I go, what did he do in Acts chapter one? He ascended up into, he said, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will, where's that place at? Heaven, where's he at right now? That's right. And receive you unto that where I am, where's he at? Heaven. Where I am, there ye may be. That means he's going to come here, get us, go back. That's the rapture. Okay. Clearly defined. All right. Now, now look at, look at first Thessalonians four sixteen. I quoted both of these a while ago, but either way. For the Lord himself shall, if you got to descend, where are you at? You're up. Where's up? Heaven. All right. He's going to descend from, from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Now, isn't that sound familiar? Doesn't that sound familiar to John or excuse me, what John wrote in, in, in revelation four or chapter four. I was, I was in the spirit in the Lord's day and heard a voice behind me as it were a trumpet talking to me saying, Come up hither, come up hither. Saw a door in heaven. Yeah, this ties together. With the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God and the dead in Christ shall. Now some, some scholars say they rise first because they got six feet to go. All right, here we go. Then we which are alive and remain shall be, what's those two words? That's where we get our word rapture from. 
That's where we get our word rapture from. Harpozo means snatch up. Caught up together with those that have been resurrected. You see two things right there. The resurrection and the rapture. Both of them happen at the same time. All right. We shall be caught up together with, with them where? That means we're going to go in the, in the air. In the air. Now, how, if there's no rapture, how do you explain that? Okay. We shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. With the Lord. Okay. That's verses. You can also put in, in first Corinthians. Uh, but anyway, anyway, we see it explained. We see verses dealing with the rapture. And I believe you could also add, if you want to write down there, excuse me, Revelation four verses one, one and two. Look in, uh, uh, B, B, the rapture in the New Testament explained the rapture experienced. Oh, this is, this is very silly. This rapture thing. As I've, I've been told that before. First, we see Paul experienced it. Second Corinthians 12, 2 Corinthians 12. I've got the longer version. I put the shorter version in yours cause I, cause I run out of space, but let me give you the, the total, uh, two through four. Y'all have got verse two, right? Verse four here, watch this. I'm going to read verse two, three, and four. I knew a man in Christ above 14 years ago. He's talking about himself, y'all. He's talking about himself. Whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Such a one, what's those next two words? Called up to the third heaven. You say, what's the third heaven? The first heaven is where the birds fly. It's our atmosphere. All right. The second heaven is where the moon, the stars, the planets, and the galaxies are. You say, man, there's, there's something past that. Yeah. It's called the third heaven. It's where God dwells. It's where God dwells. That's where God took him. He was called. Come on now. He was called to the third heaven. And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell God knoweth how that he was caught up into paradise. And heard unspeakable words, which are not lawful for a man to utter. Paul experienced a rapture. He was called up to heaven. Acts chapter one, not, or excuse me, Acts chapter one, verse nine. Not only did Paul experience the rapture, but Jesus did. Jesus did. Acts one, nine. And when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up. He was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven shall so come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. Are y'all with me? Say amen. So it's an event. It has been experienced in the Old Testament. We know specifically two men in the Old Testament experienced it. Two men specifically in the New Testament experienced it. Uh, it's a real deal. It's a legit event. Okay. Now, now, number three, what is the purpose of the rapture? What is the purpose of the rapture? First of all, we're going to look back in John chapter 14. <clears throat> John chapter 14. 
The purpose of the rapture is to receive a bride. Write that down. Receive a bride. John chapter 14. If you will tie in, if you will tie in a Jewish wedding ceremony, a Jewish wedding custom, uh, you will find that it ties in perfectly. In, in Jesus's day, a groom would go and make an arrangement, usually with, would be with his father, and would go make an arrangement with the father of a bride. And he would usually have to pay a bride price. Some say a dowry, some say whatever, a bride price. And they would agree, they would agree on whatever that was and agree on uh, the arrangement. And at that point, they would be betrothed. They would be betrothed. Legally, they were married, but they could not come together and consummate the marriage till the wedding ceremony. But by law, they were married. It was then the responsibility of the bridegroom to go back to his father's house and prepare a bridal chamber. In that day, what they would do, the, 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 the patriarch of the family would have a house and they would build on a room. And then that when the, as the family grew, they'd build on another room and then another room and another room. Well, when the rooms were finished, he would go and get his bride. And usually they would come in and sometimes it was at a time when they weren't prepared or wasn't ready and they would blow the trumpet and they would come in and announce the bridegroom is here. And she had to be prepared and ready to go. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Well, Jesus has paid for his bride. The church, the body of Christ is the bride of Christ. He has come and he's paid the price. He's gone back to the father's house and he is preparing a place for his bride. When he is through preparing the place for his bride, he's going to come and receive his bride. In Revelation, it says there's going to be the wedding supper of the lamb. When is that going to take place? In that seven year tribulation while the bride is in heaven. Are y'all with me? Now, the purpose of the, the purpose of the, uh, the, the rapture is to receive a bride. He's coming to get his bride. All right. Then, then this is, this is even, this is even better one right here to remove an ambassador, to remove an ambassador. Now here's the deal. On Sunday, December 7th, 1941, the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor, inflicting great damage upon the American forces stationed there. On Monday, December 8th, President Franklin Roosevelt delivered his day of infamy speech before Congress, which body then declared war upon Japan, Germany, and Italy. On Tuesday, December the 9th, FDR sent telegrams to the U.S. ambassador serving in Tokyo, Berlin, and Rome ordering them to leave for home immediately. It is of course standard procedure for a king or a president to call his ambassador's home before waging war on a foreign body. Now keep all this in mind. What is going to take place? What is going to take place? Trumpets are used. Trumpets are used in the nation of Israel. They're used for two things. 
One is to call to worship and the other is to call to war. And when the trumpet sounds, those two things are going to take place. The church, the bride of Christ is going to be called to worship because you, if we go right into chapter four and chapter five of Revelation, you're going to see worship like you've never seen. You're going to see them singing a new song. The old song is thou art worthy for thou hast made all things and all things are created for thy pleasure. They are and were created. Then in chapter five, they go to singing a new song. Thou art worthy because thou hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every nation, kindred and tongue. Preacher, what are you saying? We're going to be worshiping in glory. When that trumpet sounds, it's calling us to worship, but it's also calling to war. God is going to declare war on this earth. And, and before that can take place, he has to remove his ambassadors. Now watch, now watch. Let me show you. Let me show you. Look, 2 Corinthians 5.21. Now then, come on now. Now then, we are what? Ambassadors. ambassadors for Christ. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead be ye reconciled to God. So every born again believer is, is an ambassador. Look at your neighbor and say, you're an ambassador. Now say, act like one. Uh-huh. Yeah. By the looks I'm seeing, y'all ain't been acting like one. While we're on it, an ambassador is a representative of the king in which sent him. You need to act like it. You need to act like it. Now, here's the thing. Now, can we all agree we're ambassadors? All right. Now, watch. Now, watch. First Thessalonians. First Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians 1.10. It says, and to wait for his son from heaven. Now, why are we waiting on the son from heaven? Why are we doing that? Whom he raised from the dead, even Jesus, watch this now, which delivered us from the wrath to come. The wrath to come. All right. That's why we're waiting on him. That's why we're waiting on him. To deliver us from the wrath, which is to come. First Thessalonians five, nine, for God hath not appointed us to wrath. wrath. Now what wrath is he talking about? Watch this. Revelation six tells us revelation six, verse 16. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, this is during the, the tribulation period. This is when all hell breaking loose on this earth. They're begging the mountains and the rocks saying, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the, for the great day of his, his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? We find that in revelation chapter six. Are y'all, y'all with me? Now, why is the church going to be raptured? Because God has not appointed us to wrath. We are waiting to see him to deliver us from the wrath that is to come. God is going to declare war on this earth. He's going to pour out his wrath upon this earth. There was like seven or eight verses throughout Revelation that described the wrath of God that's going to be poured out. 
And, and he has not appointed us to wrath. He's given us hope. Now, now think about this. Think about this. <clears throat> it says this. First Thessalonians four tells us about the rapture. First Thessalonians four sixteen. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. The dead in Christ shall rise first, and we which are alive and remain shall be called up together to be with them in the clouds. He says, what, what does he say do with that information? He said, comfort one another with these. Now, if we were not going to be delivered from the wrath to come, how is that comfort? If we have to go through the tribulation period, where's the comfort in that? If we have to experience all of the devastation and the, experience the wrath of God in the tribulation, where's the blessed hope? Does this make sense? All right. Now, here's the deal. Here's the deal. We're not appointed to wrath. There is wrath coming. God is going to pour out his wrath upon this planet. But thank God. Thank God we are not appointed to wrath. We are not appointed to wrath. All right. Number four. Number four. The details. The details of the rapture. Back to 1 Thessalonians 4.16. First of all, there's going to be a resurrection, a resurrection. Willie, look up, Google, uh, the verse that talks about the moment, the twinkling of an eye. I thought I printed it out. It's in Corinthians. Uh, there's going to be a resurrection in first Thessalonians four 16. Can we put that back up there? All right. Go to the next. Okay, there we go. There we go. No, 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 no. Back up, back up. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall, they shall rise. That's a resurrection. That's a resurrection. Okay. All right. Did you find that yet? What chapter was that? Say it again. All right. Everybody turn to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians. I know you, I know you're not used to turning in your Bible at Bible study, but you need to practice. I spoil y'all. I, I print way too much stuff for y'all. Y'all getting lazy on me. First Corinthians chapter five. Huh? 15 chapter 15. All right. All right. That's what I said. Chapter 15. All right. All right. All right. Let's see. Look in verse 51. First Corinthians 15, 51. All right, here we go. Here we go. Behold, I show you a. Now, now that's very important. That's very important. You say, why is that? Because nobody in the Old Testament had any clue about two things, the church or the rapture. They had no idea. They had no idea that God was going to bring the Gentiles together with the Jews. They was going to be one. It was a, come on everybody. It was a, it was revealed to the apostle Paul and apostle Paul revealed it to us. Now what he's describing now is a mystery and he is revealing it to us. We shall not all 
sleep. In other words, we're not all going to die. We're not all going to die when this event takes place. He said, but we shall all be, we're all going to be changed up. All going to be changed. Watch how we're going to be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. Now look at this next one. You got the next verse? Can can you put 53 up there? Now watch this. This is important for you to see this. For this corruptible, that's talking about those who are dead. When your body dies, it corrupts. It rots. It goes back to dust. Okay. For this corruptible must put on. All right. That's the change that takes place. And this mortal, that's talking about the living. That's talking about the living. So at the rapture and the resurrection, the dead are going to be changed. And who's going to be changed? The living's going to be changed. All right. And this mortal must put on immortality. There's going to be a change. We're going to have a brand new body. A glorified body. Are y'all with me? Now, I don't have time to go digging in too much of this, but it's, it's really important that you see this. Uh, it says in, in I think it's First uh, John chapter number two. Uh, Beloved, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. It doth not yet appear what we shall be, but when we see him, we shall be like him. Like him. What do you mean? When, when Christ, when Christ rose from the dead and he walked on this earth 40 days, listen, showed many infallible proofs that he was who he was in that glorified body. He could walk through walls. He could appear and disappear in that glorified body. He still ate a fish sandwich. Say amen. So. I'm not really sure exactly everything that it's going to be, but I do know we'll be able to go here and yonder and eat some fish. Because Jesus did. When we see him, we shall be like him. No more pain, no more suffering. You see, here's the thing. You got to understand all your aches and pains, all your issues, all your, 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 your diseases and everything that goes along with all that is a product of sin. It's a product of sin. But when we get a glorified body, it's sinless. It'll be perfect. We can just shout right there. Amen. So, so in the rapture, in the rapture, there's going to be a resurrection. There's going to be a resurrection. The dead in Christ shall rise. We're going to see our loved ones again. There's going to be a removal. Write that down. There's going to be a removal. It says, we which are alive shall be caught up. He's going to resurrect the dead and remove the living. And then see, there's going to be a reunion. Says together with them to meet the Lord in the air. We're going to see our loved ones before we see our Lord. And when we see our loved ones, we get to meet the Lord together. 
a reunion. That's why when, when someone is saved at a, at a funeral, we don't say goodbye. We say, we'll see you in a little while. We'll see you in a little while. Why? Because God has promised that we're going to see each other again. I would not have you ignorant brethren concerning them which are asleep. I don't want you to sorrow as those who have no hope. He didn't say don't sorrow. He said, don't sorrow like those who have no hope. Anytime a loved one goes, we're going to miss them bad. We're going to sorrow. We're going to cry. We're going to grieve. But we're not going to grieve without hope. We're going to grieve in hope. Amen. And there's a big difference in that. Big difference. All right. The purpose of the rapture, the details of the rapture. Look at last of all, the response to the rapture. Knowing this, knowing that the Lord's coming back, knowing that we're going to be delivered from the wrath to come. What do we do? Do we kick it? Do we, do we, you know, (laughs) there's a lot of people over the years have responded real foolishly to this truth. Uh, We are to live and everybody listen to me real good on this. We're to live as Christ could come back at any moment. Because he could. Even Paul, when he was teaching this in his letters, he was teaching that the, the, the return of Christ was imminent, that it could be in their lifetime. And, and even though it wasn't, God expects us to live as though it is. So what should this truth do for us? What should we take from everything we heard tonight? Is this just something we can shout and say, woohoo, he's coming to get us. We don't have to go through the tribulation period. No, it's a little more than that. First of all, here's how we respond to the rapture, the truth of the rapture. According to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 25, because we know that he's coming, we need to be faithful. There needs to be a faithful attendance to God's house. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. In other words, because we know that he's coming soon. We can't be unfaithful. We were, we always, we always have a, a big staff meeting after a big event. Always, every time, which we have a staff meeting after every Sunday. Cause we, we, what went right, what went wrong, you know, what's on the list? What, what, what could we do better? It's the only way you're going to listen. You got to strive for excellence in everything you do. There was something very startling kind of staggering to be honest with you. We found out <clears throat> this past Sunday we had, uh, I think it was almost 4,500 people, including, including, uh, a little over 4,000 here and about almost 400 at Fairview, but very few first time attenders, very few. 
and, and those who had registered, because you say, well, they may just didn't stop at the tent. No, no, we don't go by that. We go by how many checked into that kids department. Because they all get checked in. But I, it was record numbers in the check-in, but only a few were for the very first time. That means there's a whole lot of people that ain't been coming. But here's how that works. There's some people that come four Sundays a month. There's some people that come two Sundays a month. There's Sundays, some that just come once a month. Some once every other month. Some once every two or three months. They just happen to come all at the same time Sunday. Y'all see this? Once or two, three or four times a year is not faithfulness. Faithfulness means if you're not there, I'm wondering why. Well, nobody called me because you're hardly ever here. We didn't. We thought it was your normal routine. Anyway. He said, I'm just, I'm just reading the Bible here. He says, as you see that day approaching, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Why did Paul, why, why would he say that? He said, because in the last days, there's going to be a great falling away in the last days, perilous times shall come in the last days, <coughs> excuse me, in the last days. The Bible says, because iniquity abounds, the love of many shall wax cold. Paul knew that the closer we get to the return of Christ, the harder it would be to live a Christian life. The harder it would be to be motivated. The harder it would be to be committed. The harder it would be to be on fire for God. And the more you miss, the harder it is. We got to get back to being faithful. Listen, because of the rapture, we need to be faithful in our attendance. Because of the rapture, be. We need to learn to be patient. James 5, 8. Be ye also. (laughs) Five people like this verse. Be ye also patient. Establish your hearts. Why? Why? He gives it to us. For the. Patience. I hate to break some of your hearts, but I've heard people say, oh, don't pray for patience. Don't pray for patience. Because their grandmama told them, because you know, tribulation worketh patience. The Bible says that. So if you pray for patience, then you're going to get tribulation because it's through tribulation that you get patience. Well, I got news for you. If God thinks you need patience... You don't have to ask for tribulation. He just going to bring it. Y'all with me? I, I was, I was asked by somebody. There was somebody struggling emotionally, just really triggered easy. So how can we help this person? When that? Is there a book? We have no, ain't no book. 
That comes from experience. And experience comes from difficulty. We all want wisdom. But wisdom comes from experience. And, and, and here's the thing. It's like this. We make good decisions because of experience. We have experience because of bad decisions. I need a witness. Be patient. Let God do what he does. You know, the Bible says, let patience have her perfect work. In other words, if you're in tribulation, you need to not be saying, God, get me out of this. You need to be saying, God, what are you teaching me? Because when you get the lesson, Miss Beatty, when they, when they get it, do you still stay on the subject? You move on, don't you? Some of y'all are still in the same test for it that you took the last five years because you're so stubborn you won't learn what you're supposed to learn. Anyway, I'm running out of time. I need to, uh, that's going to be a series all on its own. We need to be faithful in our attendance. We need to be patient. Why? Why? The coming of the Lord draws nigh. C, we need to live a separated life. First John chapter three, verse two. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Watch this now. And every man that hath this hope, what hope? Of his return. His return, right? We have this hope in him purifieth himself, even as he is pure. Every man that hath this hope, the hope of his return, the hope of Christ coming and showing up, he purifies himself. In other words, he tries his best to keep himself clean. He lives a separated life. He, he, he's careful on what he does. He's careful on how he behaves. That's self-explanatory. I don't have to preach that. If you're looking for Christ's return, you're not going to be caught where you ought not be caught. Think about if you're doing some of the stuff you're doing, if Christ was to come right then. D, we're going to be more faithful in our attendance. We're going to be patient. We're going to live a separated life. We're going to stop judging other believers. We're going to stop judging other believers. 1 Corinthians 4 verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsels of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. You see, the verse goes on to say, I didn't print it because I run out of room, but Paul told people, don't judge your brother. He doesn't belong to you. He said, why judgeth another man's servant? Right? Well, I don't believe just like I believe. So? He's not your servant. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Well, I don't like all this rapture talk. That's okay. I'm not going to come to your house and tell you how stupid you are because you don't think we're leaving. I'm not going to judge you. I'm going to let you believe whatever you want to believe. 
There's too many of us trying to straighten out everybody. You know how much less drama we'd have in our life if we mowed our own grass? I mean, we could, we could save ourselves a whole lot of aggravation. And, and, and listen, there's a difference. Not judging, you know, you, you, you hear people say, you can't judge me. If, if, you, if you, you know, describe a sin in the Bible... Judgment means motive. You're judging somebody's motive. Why they did what they did. Or why they believe how they believe. I've got some of the dearest friends of mine that's been the, one of the best helps to me ever that believes in speaking in tongues. He does. I love him with all my heart. We disagree. There's some things that, that I, 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 I disagree with him about. There's some things he disagrees with me about. But I'm not going to judge him. And he's not going to judge me. We're, we're going we're to try our best to, to win people to Christ the best we can. We're going to try to follow, follow this Bible the best we can according to our conscience. The Bible says, let every man be persuaded in his own mind. Be careful judging other people. Be careful looking around. Some of y'all need to put blinders on when y'all come in here. Be careful. Do not judge other believers. E, we're to win souls. We're to win souls. Judges, or actually not judges, Jude, verse 21. Keep yourselves in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ. That means his return. Looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. And of some having compassion, making a difference. And others saved with fear, pulling them out of the fire. Hating even the garment spotted by the flesh. Man, I tell you what. Out of all of them, out of that whole list, everyone had to do with the Lord's coming. The coming of the Lord draweth not. But I, I don't think any, any one of them is as important as that last one. If we know, <clears throat> everybody look at me. I've done through writing, so look at me. If we know <clears throat> that Jesus is, is coming, and it's soon, man, it's soon. You can look at modern day events. Every, everything is lining up. Go read Matthew 24. Matthew 24 is lining it up. Jesus was speaking specifically to the Jews. There's a major, major deal going on with Russia right now. If we know that, and we know that when Christ returns, those that have heard the gospel and did not receive it will be damned. If we know that people who are not saved go to hell, how much more should the imminent return of Christ motivate us to share our story and to share God's story? What's coming, preacher? I'll tell you what's coming. A trumpet sound. He's coming. He's going to receive us unto himself. You know what? I, I got four minutes. I'm early. I, I, one of the coolest parts of that verse 
He didn't say, I'm going to come fetch you. Or I'm going to come take you. He said, I'm going to receive you. Receive. Now, the word receive, the word receive, if you'll look that word up, it means to associate oneself with. Associate oneself with. I have seen people here in this church that I run into in Walmart. And usually I'm not in uniform at Walmart. And a lot of times they don't recognize me. They probably have overalls on with holes in it, well ventilated. (laughs) Old ball cap, something. I say, hey! And they'll look at me funny. Who's the hillbilly talking to me? Until they see who it is. Oh, it's the preacher. Don't you old preacher me. Do y'all know, do y'all know that there's coming a day? Now, the cool part about pastoring in a poor church is, is we don't look at everybody. We don't. Where I told somebody the other day, they, somebody at the ball field was inviting somebody to church and they seen me and said, come over here, preacher. And they were talking about, you know, man, do I have to wear a suit? I said, no. I said, some do. I said, man, when you come to Timber, you don't know if they're coming from the White House or the Waffle House. <laughs> and I'd prefer the Waffle House. Amen. <laughs> it don't matter who you are. But the word receive means to associate oneself with. In other words, the king of all kings is going to say, hey, they're with me. I remember one time we went to Peachtree Road Baptist Church. Travis, you remember that? Me and Travis and uh, 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 Bunkley and Brother Steve Hurt and Preacher Brown. We come in there and we come in on a wing and a prayer, come into the parking lot. And it was like, it was like, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before church was supposed to start. And, and you asked Travis, it's not true. He said, we here way too early. We went down to Wendy's and got a Frosty. <laughs> Am I telling the truth? We come in and it's right dead on time. That place was packed to the gills. I'm talking about there wasn't a seat, no people standing in the back. We're in, we're coming in. I think I got preacher's Bible. Travis has got his overcoat and we're walking in there behind preacher Brown. We're looking at the dear God. We're going to have no place to sit. Preacher looked at the pastor and said, my people need some seats. So they went to scrambling, getting chairs down at the front. And here come preacher Brown walking by. Here comes me and Travis. We were him. Travis, am I lying? Is that not exactly how it happened? One day, the King of Kings is coming. The trumpet's going to sound. And all us poor hillbillies is going to go up to meet him in the air. And we're going to tell everybody by and say, we were him. We're with him. Can we give God praise and glory? Amen. 